show. You're listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. What matters to me, the Ohio State Buckeye. My chance to do my best impersonation of Gus Johnson. Most respect. Uh, shout out to him as well as Jalen Rose. Two, two young men from Detroit, Michigan. and uh, Well, certainly from Michigan. Uh, Jalen, of course, attended the University of Michigan. Uh, Gus, of course, the gentleman calling the games on Saturday and calling a lot of college football games over the years. Gus from Michigan himself, I think Gus is from Detroit, always gives the Ohio State University Buckeyes the respect they deserve. Certainly puts a great emphasis on the Ohio State University, and they earn that respect. This past weekend, I apologize, was uh, traveling, didn't get a chance to uh, speak about the game prior to, so it's not like I'm sticking my chest out after, of course, we won. Don't, you know, this is not one of those games, I don't care if you're in studio or not, you just don't do a lot about a, a lot of bragging about that. You might speak confidently about the fact that your team may win one or the other, but you certainly ain't going to say you're going to drop a six bomb on a 60 bomb on them that doesn't happen in the game between the ohio state university and that school up north i'm gonna give them some respect michigan got my homeboy on with me willie gibson who also enjoyed that victory of the buckeyes willie you there yes sir what's yeah. going on Ray? oh man it's, it's good time man good times good times absolutely <laughs> uh, good football weekend for me Every time I turn around, um, teams were winning that I was supporting. So th- that made it good. But uh, certainly, you know, I told you before the show, Willie, you know, that I wanted to spend some time talking about the Buckeyes because, I, you know, I think there was, a, although I think that uh, I, I saw uh, Chris Carter this morning uh, on a show, and Chris talked about he had spoken to Urban on Saturday, and Urban felt quite confident going into. Uh, the game. So um, it, it's kind. Of, it's real easy to say those kind of things after the game is over with. But but going into the game, I don't think anything that Ohio State had done previously gave anybody an indication. I'm not sure what the folks out there in Vegas had to say in terms of what the spread was. But I don't think I, it may it may have been double digit. But I doubt that it was double digit. Uh, with the Buckeyes going in, certainly nobody expected to see what the end result was. Would you agree with that, Willie? Certainly. I mean, I believe the the point spread was actually Michigan by four and a half. There you go. Was was the line? They were you know, ranked after all. They were ranked number four going into the game, right? Yes. Right. Right, right number four. Ohio State ranked number ten. But uh, Ohio State to be a home underdog. I think it was sixty-seven straight games that Ohio State had been favored. Uh, before Saturday, so you know coming in, but it's Michigan. And I, I'll, in the interest of full disclosure, I did pick Ohio State to win. By no means did I see a sixty-two to thirty-nine score. I didn't see them dropping sixty-two points on on Michigan. It's a rivalry game, so you you expect uh, games to be close. You expect those games to be uh, knocked down, drag out, hard fought. But by no means did, did I see um, or anticipate the, the performance uh, that we saw on Saturday by the Buckeyes. Yeah, and, and I, I agree with you. And uh, as I said, it, it's easy for people to uh, stand up today and, and, and poke your chest out. But 
you know, how far out was your chest on Saturday morning prior to the game starting? Mm-hmm. I, I think uh, the loyal Buckeye fans, just because we're loyal, we're rooting for the Buckeyes and would have a conversation with anybody and say that we're going to win. Uh, how many of them would willing to put some money on that might be a different thing, you know? I'm, I'm not a bad man, but I, but I believe that Ohio State had a team that would be better on that day. I, I believe now that our team is better. As a matter of fact, I think Jalen even wanted to, you know, do some research to let other people know and, and to maybe, maybe make it easier for the Michigan fans out there. He wanted to give them some justification as to why Ohio State is beating Michigan so bad. And I think his research said that Ohio State had perhaps maybe eight over the past several years, we've, we've got 83 or 80-plus players in the National Football League, and Michigan has 50. We've got almost twice as many players in the National Football League, which means the football players are better. National, you only be, get the chance to play in, in the National Football League if you're the best of the best. Mm-hmm. And we've done that. And, I was, and, and be it as it may, I was concerned because, and I'm not just saying this because I happen to play that position in my day back at the Ohio State University, but I thought our secondary was a little suspect, you know, going into the game. But then again, you know, looking at the receivers that Michigan had, I guess I really had no, there's no, there was no receiver out there on the field that really provided a threat to us. Now, we certainly had several receivers that provided a threat to their secondary. And, and, and obviously our quarterback had one of his better days. And so for those reasons, going into the game, I was concerned if our secondary could hold up. I think it was exposed a little bit early in the season when we played Penn State. I just didn't feel real comfortable with the fellas out there, you know. So um, going in, where where were some of the areas of concern that you saw when you looked at the Buckeyes roster, Willie? Well, the defense, I know ad nauseum. I mean, that defense has been – uh, struggling all year. And for the secondary, there's been a lot of injuries um, on that side of the ball, and starting with Nick Bosa, uh, ending uh, his season after uh, week three against TCU, uh, tore a uh, core abdominal muscle out for the season surgery, and he's already moved on uh, to bigger and better things. But um, him, him uh, we had a lot of members of the secondary in and out each uh, game by game. You know, Jeffrey Akuda, uh, Sean um, Wade, he came back and uh, had, a, had a big game against uh, Michigan on, on Saturday. Uh, Isaiah Pryor. So those guys have been in and out of the lineup. So there's not been a lot of uh, cohesion and cohesiveness on that side of the ball uh, this year. Now, that being said, a lot of people like to say, well, you know, this is Ohio State. We have four and five star guys. And those guys, next man up, they should be able to play. And I know that's your, your mantra as well. But, I mean, this was a young defense coming into the season to begin with. Had a lot of early entries to the NFL draft. Uh, uh, Jerome Baker, at linebacker, a couple other guys as well. So, um, it's, it's been a, a project each year. But the last regular season game of the season, you had, I mean, I think it was a, a confluence, a confluence of, the, of the perfect storm. You had... Your rival coming in here at home, last game of the regular season, senior day, 
And I think, you know, that that's a, a point that a lot of people missed as to why Ohio State performed the way they did. You had these seniors that have never lost to Michigan. And this senior day, their last game, their last time in the shoe, they're yeah. not going to lose to Michigan. Yeah, it was it was a very emotional Saturday for uh, for a lot of people there, and uh, you know you mentioned it too. I mean, we, we we were without, even though we performed the way we did, and uh, I'm hoping there's not an emotional letdown going into the Big Ten championship game because God only knows I can't remember the last time Northwestern has beaten Ohio State, certainly in a meaningful game. But be it as it may, going to this game, you know, a couple things that I thought about is that we were playing without. And some people believe the best football player in college football because as they the scouts go into the 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 process of constructing their board, you know the best player on the board you take. And if 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 Nick Bosa would have been on the board with the first pick, I think some people were somebody out there whoever had that first pick probably was going to take him because if you're taking the best you know player that's still. You know, on your board, and he's available. He probably is pulled off the board right away. But I, but I would say this, and I've been saying this all year long. Number two has stepped up, and 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 our our linebacker number thirty nine did an outstanding job, had an outstanding game. You know, uh, against Michigan. So we we had some players that realized, you know, what this game meant for them. You know, it was in their hands. A lot of times, you know, you play games and and you rely on hoping that somebody else would win or lose to control your destiny. But when you're in control of your own destiny, you have to play up to that. And I, I'm, I'm just so happy that the fellows played up to that. I mean, there were very few mistakes uh, early on. I, that first half, though, the way that first half, the way it ended, I was not happy. I was not happy at halftime at all. Uh, you know, it was, you know, 14 points that we gave them out of nowhere. And it, it, it did provide moments of concern during you know the halftime you know as I was enjoying my snacks whatever they were at that time uh, they weren't going down too easy I was a little concerned Willie at, at the halftime sure I mean w- without question I mean but again like I said I, I picked Ohio State to win because I just I felt the, that the team would step up but in a rivalry game you expect like I said hard fought knockdown, drag out I figured it would be close so yeah, it was a little concerning to go in at halftime the way they did, allowing the momentum to shift to Michigan. But um, I still had confidence that Ohio State would come out and win, but by no means did I see the the explosion or did I expect the explosion that occurred in the second half offensively offensively for the Buckeyes. Now, now this is something that, we, that, that I, I did not uh, share with you that I wanted to discuss, but I'm going to throw it out to you. Uh, w- was that the, the nail in Harbaugh's coffin? Should it be? You know what? Here's the thing. It's funny you mentioned that because I had a conversation with some friends about that, that just that thing on on Saturday night. I said, you know, uh, the 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 powers that be in Michigan have to be sitting there thinking, like, wait a minute, this is why we brought you here. We brought you here to beat our rival, and now you're 0 4. And now, you know, it, I, I truly believe if it was anyone else, yes. They, they, that would I mean, be what, uh, okay, so, uh, but I, but I'd like to ask, why mm-hmm. does his has he earned that right to go beyond four games? I mean, yeah, he's a, he's a Mich- he's a Michigan guy. Although they yeah. came in and got him from Ohio, he's a Michigan guy. 
yep. uh, was was at the 49ers. So you've been at the highest level. And now mm-hmm. you come back and you, you can't be college coaches. I mean, that's one thing why they were so excited. They got a guy who was a Michigan dude. You know, he's 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 been in the pros. He's coached in the pros. He's coached for the 49ers, one of the greatest franchises in the National Football League history. He's coming mm-hmm. back to Michigan. He's now mm-hmm. going to help us compete and get some of the best athletes that there are out there in in America and he hasn't been doing that and and he hasn't beaten Urban Meyer yet. So mm-hmm. what what has he done that they should be I think they guaranteed him a, a huge amount of money. He's he's made, yeah. I know he's making 7 million dollars. You know I think he gets two something no. uh, two something 200 something salary. Then he's got another uh 4 or 5 million dollars and some other stuff. Uh yeah, well we had some folks that do a little research over the weekend. He's pulling about 7 million a year. It's nine. Is it not? Oh well, okay. So I, I'm on the low side of it. Okay, so he on yeah. the, he on the upside of seven. So so what is it he's doing? Well, a couple it's, things. Couple things. I, I would say this, and it's challenging for me to try to defend Jim Harbaugh, but I will especially say especially for nine million dollars when you got some you coaching correct, amateurs. Correct. Correct. So here's the thing. He's all four, but he's just now. Starting to get his guys. I mean, you know this. I mean, he's been there four no, years. No, 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 no. He's zero and four. And I'm gonna say this: if you four, you zero and four. That means yep. those four dudes, right? Th- that four means that you've had a chance to recruit four classes, right? And, and so you had right. a, you had a whole team of your team this year. It's this year, right? right. Exactly. Right. But it took him four years to get his quarterback, and the quarterback that he had in there was a transfer from Ole Miss. So he had that guy, that kid in there. Now, I will say this, again, talking to friends after the game, and I don't know how many people paid attention after uh, the end of the fourth quarter when they put number three in, Milton. The quarterback, I don't know if you saw him, number three. His yeah. last name is Milton mm-hmm. from Florida. Mm-hmm. That kid concerns me. Okay, well, let me ask you this. Buckeyes, in the last four years, how many different quarterbacks have played against Michigan? Two. Three. Who were they? JT played against him. 12 Gates played against him. And now the big fella played against him. Well, Cardell played the fourth quarter. So, I mean, that he, he only went in when JT got focused ankle in the fourth quarter. And, 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 and he was a backup, and we beat him with a backup. You know that was that, – that we, 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 you know, we bragged about that. We had a backup that beat you. But no, 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 no. He, he, J- Cardell played – the Big Ten Championship game in the two playoff games. Right, but he closed out the Michigan game when JT got hurt, the fourth yeah, that, quarter. That, that game was over, though. I mean, that, I'm, I'm not giving What was I'm the final score? That. The, 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 the Buckeyes were leading that game. It was late in the fourth quarter when Cardell, when Cardell came in. So that's JT's. I, I, don't know if, I don't know if that was late in the fourth quarter. I might, I might check you on that one. But what was the final, okay, score? What was the final score on that? Uh, give me a second. No, we, and we'll get at the JT. I'm not. No, man. Things happen. You you put a freshman in there. He fumbled the ball. He threw an interception. You know, he missed the handoff. He read or he go the wrong way. No, 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 no. Let's see. Yeah. Well, we're gonna take a break and we're gonna come back. So uh, just find that for me and uh, and we'll, we'll we'll talk about that a little bit, Willie. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I got my man Willie Gibson on with me from the H O H I O O H I O. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. 
Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise her, especially at 1-2. to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on The Voice America. Sports Channel. Have you got something to say about your favorite team? Or want to make a comment on recent news? Like us on Facebook and make your voice heard. The discussion is always continuing. Search for Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right, you hear the music, you know the show. You listen to Rail Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in training for living like it matters. What matters to me, the Ohio State Buckeyes. I'm going to take some more time to, to continue the conversation with my man, Willie Gibson. Y'all know Willie don't always agree with me, and that's, that's all right. I like That's what I like about Willie. But uh, I'm not going to let him off the hook here. I'm going to give 12 Gage his credit where it deserves because I'm going to tell you, being on that football field, being put in pressure moments, pressure time, you, you have 14 points, they put you in the game. The star quarterback already got the game going, and you get in there and you do something wrong, you lo- you lost the game. You know, you lost the game, and if you hold on to it, you win the game. So, uh, no, man, it's, you know, in football, if you got a couple minutes nowadays, you know, people expect you to be able to come back with a couple minutes in the game because you can score a touchdown. They think you can kick a, uh, you can kick an onside kick, recover it, and go down and score and, and make it happen. So I, I'm gonna give 12 Gage his 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 credit for closing that game out and 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 giving us, you know, some confidence that we could continue to win, and we did. And let, me ask, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Yes, sir. What, what, what's what's the stat when they talk about quarterbacks? What's the number one stat they look at? How many his Interce- record- inter- 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 interceptions to touchdown ratios? Okay. Before that, after that, they look at his what his record as a starter, not his record as when he comes in in the fourth quarter. His record as a starter. Well, the thing about it is, again, we're talking about a quarterback who was not a starter. You're talking about a guy who comes in, who comes off the bench because somebody is hurt. So then you do look at whenever you got guys that, man, oh, listen, please don't let the quarterback get hurt because we don't want our backup to get in the game. So so then you then you going to measure your backup on how composed he is when he gets into finds himself in a crucial situation, which is normally unless it's a blowout, the only time he's gonna get in the game. And I will say this. Let me say this. Let me say this. I will I, if if Cardell came in the game in the fourth quarter, 
down 14. If they come in, if he comes in down 14 and he come brings the Buckeyes back and wins that game, okay, I'll give you that. Yes, that, yeah, he be. But you can't come in with a 14-point lead and may expect me to give you that, that W. That's JT's W. That, that, I can't do that. Well, um, I'll tell you what, then, then that means you must not have seen too many teams where you worried about your backup quarterback ever getting off the bench. Because you, you got some of them, you don't want who to who to do backing us up. No, man, he can't get in. We got to make sure. No, you you got to stay healthy, you know. Uh, I can tell you where I knew it was never a question. It was never a question back in the day if, if, if Corny Green went down and his backup was Rod Gerald and Rod got in the game. Corny, you know, man, Corny probably didn't want to let Rod in, although he would make, for some reason or another, he made sure Rod got in a lot because Corny and the boys was blowing him out. But, uh, you know, sometimes, and that's what it is. A lot of times the starter doesn't want the backup to get in the game because he might not get his spot back. Ask Tom Brady. Tom, oh, well, Tom, Tom Brady, that's how he got his job. You know, and so. Exactly. So, you know, so those things happen. But 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 anyway, I'm, I'm whatever, however it worked out, man, it worked out in our favor. So I'm I'm happy about that. So 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 but let's let's talk about some other aspects uh, of the game. Uh, I'd be interested to see the target ratio and how the, how the fellas was doing in terms of catching balls because we weren't dropping a lot of balls. That's one thing I was happy about. I hate when receivers, and particularly I hate when DBs drop the ball, you know, uh, because they always make the joke, you know, that's why he a DB because he was a wide receiver that couldn't catch the ball, so they put him on the defensive side of the ball. But I, right. th- I thought our receivers did an excellent job of catching passes and, uh, you know, not dropping too many balls. How would you feel about that? Oh, no question. I mean, Wayne Haskins, I mean, he, I mean, he's having a season for the ages. He's pretty much uh, re, he pretty much has re, uh, record book, written the record book. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. because of, uh, he pre- I mean, he first, broke, Drew Brees' record, I believe it was, he broke. A Big Ten record for touchdowns, but he's the first quarterback in the YFSA history to, to throw for 4,000 yards. He broke uh, the season a uh, record with for 300 yard games with nine, and he still poten- uh, potentially has three more games to play. Um, he's broken the Big Ten touchdown record of Drew Brees, so commercially set the new record for touchdowns for Ohio State quarterback. I mean, he's just done it coming consistently in, coming all year. in, but coming in. We, we, I think we're a little concerned about how he might have performed coming in this year. I don't, I don't recall, you know, hearing that. Okay. We got a great quarterback coming in because that's how he's. I mean, he's playing great. He, I mean, he is like playing off the chain. And you know, yeah. I even saw yeah, a play, but I, but but I did see a play Saturday that bothered me a little bit. And the second, the second or third time he did it, he changed. He slid and he slid before the marker, and I, I was a little concerned about that. Even though Urban kind of went off about it at the time because I think he felt the linebacker still put a hit on. Uh, on Haskins as he was going tardy, down. Tardy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he felt that because it was obviously he was going into a slide mode. But it was a premature slide. And uh but well, but, but still he he's he's I think he's had an outstanding year. I think he snuck up on a lot of people because his performance, uh I just don't recall hearing that much fanfare about the next quarterback for the Ohio State Buckeyes. I I'll tell you this. Uh, if they might, that may not have been the national Scuttle, but here locally, that it, it, it's been known. Haskins is the kid. He's the he's the one because you got to remember uh, Joe Burrow, who's now the starting quarterback at LSU, 
was actually the guy. That's why Joe transferred because Joe went through spring ball. And he knew I'm not going to move this kid out. I got to go find somebody to play. So now Joe Burrow is now starting at LSU and had LSU in the top 10 all season long. So that lets you know, one, the depth of competition that you have here at Ohio State, that you got your backup that's going to the SEC and from day one has been a starter one nine games as a first-year starter in the SEC. So Haskins, it's been known for a while that he's the one. He's the one Urban's coming. And as far as his running and him sliding early, he's not a runner. He's definitely a pocket passer. In the last couple of weeks, you know, they tried to uh, open up his game, give him some running responsibilities, kind of give Michigan a little, a couple other things to think about and prepare for, prepare for, uh, for that game. But yeah, he he absolutely is not a runner, and I think his his arm and his his passing stats speak for themselves. Yeah, I, I don't I, I don't necessarily you know view him as a runner, or, uh, and I I don't uh, my criticism of him is that I want him to make a decision when you pull it down, go. He, he doesn't seem to me. I, I think he might have a little bit more speed than what he shows. I think he can move down the field a little bit faster. And I don't want him just to look at the first receiver, his primary target, and not scan the entire field. I want him to scan the entire field. But when he makes a decision to go, I want him to go. And I, I, I think if he does that and and he uh, runs a little bit more faster, I think he might be a little bit more productive. But on, on, on a sliding thing, just be aware of where the marker is before you slide because he could have gotten the first down. Uh, although, again, on, we, I think the next play we did uh, we did get the first down. So, uh, But I also want to give a shout-out because I always like the way I see Coach Johnson's boys on that defensive line, man. Larry Johnson, they just he always seems to win the big games. I feel that he gets his boys ready. They make big plays in big games, and I think they did an outstanding job this week. As a matter of fact, uh, I, you know, your last game, Nick not being there, his last game, and watching those boys perform the way they did, uh, I bet that ate him up inside a little bit, man, because ain't nothing like a Michigan game closing it out at home. I, I, you know, unfortunately, we lost our my senior year at home, uh, and we didn't have the kind of ceremonies that they do now. But still, uh, you, you want if you can get that last game in against Michigan, man, that, you know that's that's the big one in. And uh, I don't even know if Nick was uh, in attendance. I don't I don't think he was in no. attendance. Right? Yeah, he was not. He was not in attendance. So, um, but anyway, did you think the D line? Did you uh, what you think about the D line? You think they performed well? I did. I think they went well. I think they performed well. I think again the defense as a whole. I think the linebackers really really did their job this this week. Um, uh, Malik Harrison. Yeah, uh, stepped up number thirty nine and uh, performed. Tough Borland hit the a gaps that he had not hit all season long, and again it, may, it makes you question. It makes you wonder where was this at against Nebraska, against Purdue, against Michigan State? Where where has this been? You know, against Maryland. So you 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 you're you're excited and you're happy that it it, it is here now, but part of you always wants to think like, man, what 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 could have been had this defense played like this from day one. Yeah, certainly, um, you know, the one loss we got on the record, and, and I think even the Penn State game, if they played a little a hard, a little better, um, that would have uh, certainly helped us. But, uh, yeah, you're right about that. Um, but this is the game. I mean, like you said, this is this is the, the rivalry game of which history does come into play, but current records, uh, they're irrelevant. For the season, whatever happened, 
from one through ten really is irrelevant when it comes to this particular game. And I think that's what what other rivalry games, but certainly uh, with this uh, with this one here, uh, it's one of those things. It's like okay, it's like we o and o. This is this is it's a one game season, and we got to make it happen. You know, and I, I just think the guys did extremely well. Offensive coordinator did an outstanding job. I think he just continues to um, to escalate his name to the top of any list that's out there in terms of potential head coach for next year. Although I, you know, it's like if you're the offensive coordinator for Ohio State Buckeyes and you you're doing what you're doing now. I think it's hard to go someplace else, but but like we're going to talk about later on about somebody else who made a decision to, to go take a coaching job. If coaching is what you want to do, then that individual might do that. Uh, what do you think about our coordinator still staying intact for next year? Uh, it'll be a change. He's leaving. Um, and, and I mean, that's what you do. Is, any indication where he may be going? Uh, no, no. There's a number of uh, opportunities out there. Maryland, Colorado. Uh, Texas Tech, uh, three off the top of the head. That uh, school sure. up north. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Well, here's the thing about that. To go back to that, I don't know that they are quick to make a move to him with him for the reasons we talked about earlier. They they want a Michigan man. They got to have a Michigan man. We got to have a Michigan man coach our Michigan team. And I think their safety net just left because as long as Les Miles was still out of a job. And available, I think that would have been the guy they would have gone after. He's a Michigan man, played at Michigan, coached under uh, a bowl at Michigan, um, former coach at, at LSU. Now he's uh, uh, just be, was named the head coach at Kansas a couple weeks ago. So now that Les is off the off the grid, I don't know that they're so quick to make that move because who's who's left as a Michigan man? There's not a lot of Michigan. I can't think of any, and I'm really trying to think the last couple of days, of who with Michigan ties would be available. So without that, I don't know that they make a move. All right. We're going to take a break. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Willie Gibson's with me. We'll be back right after these messages. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. 
Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. All right, you're here to listen to another show. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. What matters to me, the Ohio State Buckeyes, of course, had that game this past weekend against that school up north. Uh, it was easy for my turkey to go down um, after um, sitting on my stomach for a couple of days and regurgitating some of it and then getting some more of it uh, because, of course, we won. And uh, my man Willie Gibson reminded me that score was 62-39. We've never seen a six bomber on them. We, didn't, we don't drop them 60s on the, that school up north. Although we like to um, and the only reason why we scored 62 is because we didn't have time to score 63, as Coach Hayes would say. Uh, when they asked him uh, why did he go for two, he said because he couldn't go for three. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, we got 62 because we, we didn't have enough time to get 63. But uh, Willie and I have been discussing uh, the, 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 the fate of uh, their coach, of which uh, – According to, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield, you know, he a traitor anyway. He from Ohio and went up to Michigan. So, you know, it's like, you know, he's the enemy. So we shouldn't really care about him. But it, it would have something to do uh, and some impact on on the uh, on the, on the rivalry. And we brought up some names. And uh, Les Miles, uh, I, Willie says, has been taken off of the list of availability of available coaches. Because it sounds like yep. Les has got a new job as of a couple of weeks ago. And uh, certainly that team uh, that Les uh, left, uh, where he was fired from, uh, they took one of our quarterbacks and he, he played well this weekend, but didn't play well enough. And um, that, was a, that, was, that was a good game, too. Did you see that Texas A&M LSU game? I did not. You know, I, I was watching uh, Notre Dame USC. Mm-hmm. And uh, once that game wrapped up, I shut it down. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what? I, I was in California for the holiday. So uh, uh, those folks there, they love their Trojans. So, of course, I had to get some Trojans in. But uh, the beauty of the remote control, you can go back and forth. And so I, I didn't miss much of that Texas A&M game. As a matter of fact, you know, I always say to myself, you know, and the other young men out there, uh, premature ain't 
good anytime, you know. And uh, right. and and that premature uh, Gatorade celebration that they gave Coach, oh man, it turned out to be uh, too soon and way too early and irrelevant because uh, they they lost the game. It, it was a great game, you know. I think we got to the seventh overtime. Uh, no need for the eighth, uh, but uh, it was very it was a very good game. Uh, very well played, but I, I'm starting. You know, man, football definitely is. It, it's a the three yards in the cloud of dust. You know, short yardage, all that stuff anymore. It, it's a passing football game. It's a passing football game. So, uh, skilled players. If you got a son out there, make sure he a wide receiver or a DB or quarterback. Or if he a big boy, you know, make sure he a defensive end. He can run. You know, make, just just don't don't let them take your son and put him in a position where he's not developing as an athlete because the athletes are the ones on the fields who are making all the plays and getting all the recognition and getting the big paychecks. So uh, so that was good. So uh, so let's uh, well we got to move on, man, off the Buckeyes. I hate we got to do that, but uh, you know, there's a, there was some other games, believe it or not, and some other things that was happening this weekend. There were and uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and so uh, just uh, want to touch base on a little bit on something, and and one of them is, is up the road a couple hours there, uh, up up north uh, on the highway of Cleveland. I mean, of uh, Columbus is Cleveland, and of course uh, there was something going on in the game there. Uh, by chance, were you up that way? No, no, that's in Cincinnati. Oh, okay. I'm this sorry. Week. It was I'm, that's right. It was in Cincinnati. Cleveland did go to Cincinnati, right? It was an away game. Uh, it was in Cincinnati, and of course, it was uh, an opportunity for uh, the former coach, uh, head coach for the Cleveland Browns, Hugh Jackson, to uh, you know appear in a game against uh, the team that he was uh, the head coach of. Uh, he was fired. Let's say that uh, he did not leave. The team at his own will, he was fired. Um, don't know that he had a lot of offers out there, but one of the offers that he did get was from his former employer. And uh, interesting enough, though, the former employer, the head coach, is on the hot seat. And um, and so the man that some people thought was going to be the heir apparent, which was Hugh Jackson, who went up to Cleveland, came was rehired by Cincinnati Bengals as the offensive coordinator, and, and then they were beaten by the Cleveland Browns. Now, let me just say this. As a former player for the Cleveland Browns, I will say this, that I can speak truth to this because there's some other elements that was thrown out as it relates to the game, and that is that, that Hugh would have had an advantage because he could have then shared with the Cincinnati Bengals the offense of which the Cleveland Browns was running or any other, you know, aspects of the Cleveland Browns play with the Cincinnati Bengals to give them an advantage. I will go on the record and say that I was brought into a room, sat down with the coach, with two coaches, <laughs> with, with the head coach, Marty Schottenheimer, and offensive line coach, Howard Mudd, and Marty told me to talk to Howard and talk about the signals that the team that we were about to play in the playoff were going to be using. And so he and I talked about them. And, uh, of course, I gave it because the coordinator was a coordinator that I had played for before, and he was running the exact same defense that we ran in Philadelphia, and they wanted to know 
what the signals were. They picked up on the signals. They asked me what it was. I told them what it was. When they do this, they're going to run this defense. When they do that, okay, then they're running this defense. When they do that, okay, they're running that defense. Okay. After the game, I asked the coach, how'd I do? He said, you did pretty good. You got one wrong. I was like, oh, man, are you serious? So uh, did Hugh, was that the same offense the Bengals were running? I mean, the Browns were running against the Bengals. Did, did Hugh share any secrets with them? That I don't know, but the performance, the Browns won the game. After the game, of course, that's where the controversy comes in. Well, the controversy actually started during the game because when, once the ball was intercepted and handed to Hugh, that's where the controversy started at there. Let's talk about that first since that happened first. What did you think about that, Willie? You know what? I, I really didn't have a problem with it. I mean, I, I, I know we talked earlier, and I'm still not clear as to was that uh, a genuine show of, of of respect and admiration for your former coach, or was that more so you trying to clown him, uh, Demarius Randall? That is uh, the, yeah. uh, the the safety that intercepted the ball. I really don't know, but either way, I mean, it's a non-factor for me. Well, it, it's it, it's it's a factor because somewhat of a you know it's it's conversation, man. That's just yeah, you know yeah. that's dialogue that's happening today. But I will say this: you play ball, I play ball. One thing that you do, and I've done this, I've done this to one of my coaches. As a matter of fact, one of my dear coaches, I love the man to death. He was put in a situation where he became when when we went from four high schools in Canton to two high schools. He was a basketball coach, and. Our basketball team at Camp McKinley High School, I want to shout out to Camp McKinley High School, has gone to the state championship more than any high school basketball team in the state of Ohio. Uh, we may have gotten to the point now where we may have won it more than anybody else now, but we certainly have gone more than anybody else. And so he had to come in with a school that is known for, you know, it's football. Everybody at the Pro Football Hall of Fame, basketball is just as important to us. And he had to come in and coach a team. And he had come from probably of the four teams, his high his the team he came from was probably either the fourth or maybe the third ranked of the of the four. Of course, McKinley would be one. Timken might be two. Then his school was Lincoln. So Lincoln or Layman, you know, was one. And he came in and. Prior to him coming in, the last year we had four schools, we played them in the tournament. And in the tournament, the ball had went out of bounds. It went off me, but the ref didn't see it right, and they called it the wrong way. And he was arguing with the ref and everything, and I, I turned to him, and I said, shh. And I kind of laughed about it, you know. But, you know, I just did it, you know, a little gesture. Well, uh, then we had our banquet and everything, and he was our head coach, and it was a, it was a moment of you know laughter and joy. So, I, you know, it was a thing where now I was repeating that gesture that I made where I was being a smart aleck, maybe doing the tournament game. Now, in res in a respectful way, I was telling him, I said, "Oh, you know, coach, you guys gave me this award. You know, it's kind of something it kind of made up, but I appreciate the fact you wanted to acknowledge my efforts or whatever, you know." And I and I said, "But coach, you know, I just." want to bring back a member to you and I did that same gesture to him and, sh and got a laugh out of it this young man as you said Randall I don't think I think Randall too was trying to do something I think his looked more respectful because of the way he did it you know it, it just seemed a little more humble his approach the way he approached coach and everything coach was almost like right there you know and so it just seemed it was obvious Baker was saying no I ain't having nothing to do with you bam we questioned what Randall's intent was. 
And I think that's what you're saying. Am I right, Willie? You, you, we don't know really what the, what the intent was. Right. But Baker was obvious, bro. I ain't got, oh, no, man, ain't no hugging. We, you know, no. And, and this, let me say this about why I feel Baker's a little salty with his. Because, man, when you got a football coach that gets you, lets you, I don't care when you want to get it, but you get a chance to get into that lineup. I am forever grateful for Marty Schottenheimer, uh, Dick Vermeil. Woody Hay, all these cats, man, you forever grateful for those kind of dudes when they the head, man, they, and they're making a decision and giving you a chance. I, 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 I would just be grateful and uh, don't really know why he's salty about that. But anyway, um, we got to take a break. So we're going to come back. Willie, talk about that a little bit more. A little bit more. Listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. We'll take a break. Be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right, you hear the music, you know the show. You're listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network with my man Willie Gibson out of the OHIO. And, and Willie, we were talking a little bit about the you know upper part, the northeast part of the OHIO. Uh, well, Cleveland, but certainly they played down there in the southern part in Cincinnati, as you reminded me. But uh, th- let me hear, the, you, you gave me a little bit about your perspective with the Baker, but, but as I went a little further and I and did the, you know, the contrast and the approach of of Randall and Baker, uh, how when you look at those two and the, the way the, the two of those reacted, you know, not knowing what Randall's intent was, kind of draw your picture of those two in comparison. Well, with Randall, like they, you know, we don't know, but with Baker, you said with Baker, he made it abundantly clear, and I think that's really, I think his 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 lack of experience is showing in his comments and and things that's been. Um, said since yeah I forgot I mean, to add that that's right Baker you know kind of put a pin in it because he he even added a little bit more to it. he lit the fire a little bit further in right. the post game comments right 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 and it's like I mean 
you know his comments as far as you know he left us he was in the locker room telling us to play you know play for him and now he's down there with the enemy and it's a rivalry and you know and if he whatever you have to do to manufacture uh to get yourself going to get ready for a game that's fine but when you make comments like that public and you question this man um for accepting a job i mean it'd be different if Hugh resigned as coach of the Cleveland Browns, and then a week later he showed up in Cincinnati. That's, that, that's one thing, but that's not what occurred. He was fired by John Dorsey, Jim, uh, Jimmy Haslam, D. Haslam, and he was out of work. He didn't have a job. And uh, the organization he came from, Marvin Lewis, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Brown family, offered him a job, and he took it. And, you know, a lot of, you know, so for Baker to, you know, I mean, it's one thing to feel that way, but we make that thing that, that those comments public kind of make yourself uh, cast yourself in a negative light. And then a lot of people are, are, are bringing up the fact that he started at Texas Tech and he transferred to Oklahoma. Exactly. So <laughs> is that is that is that not one in the same? Right. That you're not criticizing right. this man for. So. Yeah. And, and 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 like you talk about his youth too, because I'm I'm just gonna say this. I'm I'm sorry, but as a former resident of Ohio, born and raised in Canton, playing for the Cleveland Browns, I will never say that since the Cincinnati Bengals were our rivals. The rivals of the Cleveland Browns are the Pittsburgh Steelers. Every time they own that, they in the, as long as they're in that division, it's gonna be the Pittsburgh Steelers. I remember we had not beat Pittsburgh ever in Three River Stadium when I got there, and we finally did, you know. And and that's what I just re- I I always remember that. So Cleveland gonna always put forth their best effort. Their fans gonna always hate the Pittsburgh Steelers much worse than the Cincinnati Bengals. Now it's, it might be you know in-state rival or something like that, but they every on on. On the schedule every year, it's the, it's the Steelers because the Steelers really can you know they dominated this, the division. The Bengals maybe been to what maybe a couple Super Bowls, but it's, it's the Steelers. You know, the, way back to Terry Bradshaw who's still around, you know, supporting his Steelers. So, uh, but and then again, um, as you said, you know, Baker, you're you're a young man in this league. You're going to be playing for hopefully a long time in 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 this league, and normally. A coach and a head coach and his quarterback normally have a pretty good relationship. I, f- I found that, you know, really surprising. You know, they they normally have, I mean, really the head coach spends more time with the quarterback than any other player on the team. So that really w- kind of made it, you know, surprising, you know, for me. And, uh, you know, I don't know, like they, you know, somebody else tried to justify the fact that Baker's, you know, anger came from the fact that there were some other quarterbacks that were drafted after him uh, that got a chance to see the playing field before he did, and he only got a chance to see it because somebody got hurt. Oh, okay, everybody, some most guys that are competitive want to play. People always say that it, it takes time for a quarterback to develop, but you'll hear quarterbacks say, you know, I prefer to be on the field, and they're going to say that because that's the right thing to say, but a lot of them, <laughs> get in there. you know, how many quarterbacks has Cleveland been through over the past few years? You know, and that's, again, they were trying to, uh, save him a little bit, but but I, I I certainly don't want this show to close out without spending some time on something that was extremely important for me and to a whole lot of people from Ohio, uh, and that is that uh, King James came back to the city. He came back to the land. 
mm-hmm. and and uh, and he didn't dis- he didn't disappoint. You know, he did not disappoint. But more importantly, I don't think I've ever seen a team and its fans show more class. Even even the owner, we got to give him some some credit, some kudos because he allowed for it to happen. That I've never seen anybody embraced and announced the way they did LeBron James there. As a matter of fact, a lot of times when you got the superstar, what they'll do, they'll, they'll call him out his name first instead of last to make sure that he don't get the kind of applause. What did you think about the welcome celebration they had for LeBron? And even the, the you know, even the, the piece they put together on him and showed it up, up, up top, man, that was, that was beautiful. It was emotional mm-hmm. to me, man. What'd you think? I agree. I, I thought it was well-deserved. I think it was um, kudos to, like you said, Dan Gilbert. You know, for many people that, uh, you know, have feelings and thoughts on Dan Gilbert, you know, you got to give credit where credit is due. And he did make sure that they honored him. I thought it was uh, very, very appropriate, very, very telling that they opened the, the, the clip with thank you for the 2016 championship, showed a handful of clips. But the majority of that video was what he does off the court with his yes. I Promise school. Yes. And visiting hospitals and uh, uh, talking with kids. So I think that was a, a strong message that they sent and sending that as well. Um, but y- you can't do anything but give them credit for, for the way they, they welcome them back. And, uh, you know, and also the way they welcome him back, you know, I think now I would be interested in seeing how he spent his time back when he got there, if he was able to go visit school or go do some yes. other things, I, you know, I'm not sure about that, but uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm sure he, you know, that time was valuable time to him uh, to spend it in such a way uh, that, again, he shared, continued to share himself uh, with those people back there that that, uh, that support him. But, uh, yeah, shout out to Dan Gilbert. I mean, you know, sometimes you can fight and you can fight and you can fight, but sometimes somebody might say, I give, somebody say, okay, cool, you know, let's, you know, we got to make up or whatever, you know, but, you know, for them to have gone through everything with the burning of jerseys, I mean, you know, that's something that stuck in my mind for, you know, and as a black man and fire and black people, we, we don't like that because that's like, you know, you, you burning a cross and something like that. So, we, you know, and when we see that, we don't like that kind of stuff. So just throw, thought I'd throw a little message out there right there. So the burning of the jerseys was not a good thing from the very beginning. And plus, it's kind of stupid because it's like you paid all that money for that jersey, you know. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, and the, the man's still playing, and, and it's worth some. Keep it. Hang on to it. You know, now, nah, you know, he didn't want a championship, and you had a jersey, and then you, you know, you couldn't get another one. But uh, I mean, it's just a, it's a, it's a great, almost like a fairy tale, man. And I was just happy. I felt like I was, I was part of that because I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a LeBron James fan, and now he's with the Lakers. Uh, and again, I'm a Magic Johnson fan too, so I'm pulling for him, pulling for Magic, the organization, and I and I I was a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar fan. Oh, I love that the sky hook and everything, you know. So, uh, and then I'm a, and then also well, I'm a General Grant, Gary Grant, you know, from Ken McKinley, you know, went to that school up north, but he was uh, on the Lakers squad there behind Norm Nixon for a while. So I want to shout out to Gary too. So, uh, you know, I, I've, I've supported the, the the Lakers in terms of. Uh, good basketball, great tradition. Jerry West back in the day shooting, you know. So, uh, but I, I'm just happy the way Cleveland did that, you know. And again, LeBron, first class, Baker Mayfield. Baker, you continue to have all this negative controversy around your name. 
You know, somebody's got to get with him. He, you know, he's a better version of Johnny Manziel, just a better version. But the same, you know, still, you know, some negative connotations all, you know, surround him. But anyway, man, it's been a great show. Appreciate you calling in. We'll appreciate you all listening out there. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. And I'll see you next time, which I promise will be the best time. you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit RayEllisSports.com. That's RayEllisSports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.